0: Truth is the authority. 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 All right, first authority. thing, bring your A game because I'll take nothing less. I mean, we don't need more regulations. We need far less of that. We're going to have an open and honest discussion, but the numbers are what matter. The facts matter. Forget about the Republicans and the Democrats for a minute. Let's talk about the people.
1: I've lived the American dream, and I want so many more people to be able to live the American dream.
0: My show is what it says. It's common sense. We've jettisoned political correctness. It's principles and policy that work for everybody. I just want to talk about how to fix this country. The David Webber Show. Interesting dynamic out of the White House right now on the supply chain issues uh you've got biden's chief of staff uh dismissing the supply chain crisis you have a port director in florida and the florida department of transportation and inviting shippers and other companies to ship goods through florida while los angeles is backed up all of this and more going on in real time that affects you uh, whether it be for Christmas or some other product, you know they they use Christmas because yeah, you know, Christmas is easy to spot for Americans, even if you're not someone who is a Christian for that matter or celebrates Christmas. Why? Because that gets your attention. But the supply chain crisis is real, and so is the monetary crisis that goes along with rampant spending, bad decisions, and not even economic decisions, but bad political decisions. Consumer prices are rising more than expected. Energy costs are surging. I know you typically refer to the gas pump, but energy costs are prevalent and rising for manufacturers, those who use large amounts of electricity, and the challenge of going into the winter where slight changes or small percentage changes in energy could affect the economy even more. So this is beyond the pump. At the same time, the rampant spending in Washington, D.C. is not going to stop anytime soon. Stephen Moore joins me now to break this all down. Economists, see, I talked to the economists about the economy. Former Trump economic advisor and co-founder of the Committee on Committee to Unleash Prosperity. You know, Steve, I was actually talking about that uh, committee uh, yesterday with some friends Thinking back to, you know, pre-Trump, not even related to Trump, the idea that we should focus on pro-growth structures, bringing people to help run the economy who had run the economy. And, you know, look, I got to tell you, I'm still even proud to be listed as a part of this, (laughs) but what's going on in this country today doesn't reflect things that made sense. And,
1: yeah, those were the other in New York and actually, uh you know, uh, have meetings and, uh, and talk about the economic issues of the day. Look, I, I think you just nailed it, David, in terms of your assessment of what's going on with prices and consumer prices. And you may have seen this morning the producer price index numbers came out. They were even worse, 8% annual rate and producer prices. You know, what happens, David, if producer prices go up to consumer prices? You know, if, if the businesses pass those costs on to consumers. So I think the Fed has been completely wrong on this idea that somehow we have a uh, transitory inflation problem. I think it is much worse than transitory. I think the Fed is behind the curve, and I think the worst thing we could do right now by far would be to pass another 3 or $4 trillion debt bill that will raise prices uh, very significantly. Look, if you print more money and you borrow more money, that means prices go up.
0: Uh- Can we go back to energy for a moment? Because I I, I like the way you talk about this and lay it out for the people. The relationship of energy in our economy is not just what's at the pump, as I just said, but costs that are also passed on. But the effects of an even disrupted energy supply, not just what with what Biden did with the eco. uh, And actually, they're not the environmentally friendly crowd because they're going against environmental practice even in that. But what happens when energy uh, is depressed, when energy costs rise? There's nothing more
1: infuriating for American businesses and consumers than this energy. We are now reducing our energy um, output and our production. We have more oil, gas, and coal than any other country in the world. Under Trump, you're right, David, we became the number one producer of uh, of oil. We weren't importing any oil from OPEC, and now we have to go to OPEC and, and uh and we have to go hat in hand with begging them to increase their oil output. I mean, it's embarrassing. It's, it's, it's so it's so uh, embarrassing that our president has to go uh, and beg the Saudis to increase their oil output when we have more oil than any other country. Uh, and then you've got the problem in Europe, David. I don't know if you've been following this, but uh, a big story in Financial Times on uh, Thursday or Friday of last week that said that, uh, that uh, um, Western Europe is now, quote, held hostage to Russia for their energy. Now, how stupid is that? Uh, is that for national security and economic security, we should be providing the energy for Western Europe, not Vladimir Putin?
0: Well, why why do you think, (laughs) uh, having been in the White House, why do you think – Biden would give Russia an open door literally by opening the spigot on a pipeline. Yeah. Not not uh remove their ability or at least slow down their ability to literally tell people in Europe if you don't do what I want I'll turn it off. North Sea oil can't solve the problem. Yep. Reliquification yep. plants have not yep. been built for too many yep. decades in Europe. Right. And right. and as a result, the energy matrix in Europe is really heavily dependent on someone who's not friendly to the rest of the world or to NATO.
1: Yeah, look, this guy's a communist dog. Uh, if Joe Biden continues with his energy policy, he's going to be the richest person in the world. H.P. Vladimir Putin is going to take over from Zuckerberg as being, you know, maybe the first trillion dollar man because he owns a lot of those, uh, you know, oil fields. And what's really um, frustrating is that the first act that Biden um, enacted when he was president was to kill the Keystone XL pipeline. You remember that. And then um, um, two months later, he gives the green light to the Nordstrom uh, pipeline that connects uh, Germany and Russia. (laughs) I mean. Somebody has to explain that to one to me. Now, people might say, look, we, uh, Biden's concerned about climate change. That's fine. But we have the cleanest energy in the world. We have the cleanest oil. We have the cleanest natural gas. And we haven't mentioned the other country that's big into this issue, of course, David, and that's China. China has 1,000 coal burning power, power plants. They're building 100 new coal plants. Is there anybody who actually thinks China cares about climate change other than other than other uh, <laughs> than our president?
0: Yeah, you know, and by the way, something that doesn't get brought up a lot, and you've talked about it over the years, China buying our coal. China can't provide enough to support itself, but they're also buying from us. So if we reduce production and still continue to sell to China, this is to China's benefit as we become, as we starve for energy. I'm making a prediction,
1: David, um, that within about a month uh everywhere i I think you're in the new york area so you're probably already seeing close to five dollar a gallon gasoline but in the rest of the country the price of gasoline is going up to five dollars a gallon so if you're in a place like new york and california we're already paying five you're looking at six dollars a gallon gasoline Uh, we uh, we haven't seen that in a long 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 time and that's going to be a huge huge tax on the lowest income people who who really suffer when the gas price goes up I, I, you know, I just don't understand anything about this energy policy. I think it's feeding the overall inflation. Energy is an input to everything we produce. It's part of the, p- for the telephone that I'm speaking in. It's the, 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 the breakfast that you ate this morning is all derivative of energy. So we're playing a very dangerous game here.
0: Other than energy, which, you know, as we've been talking about, is such an integral part of this, what about consumer practices and behavior? And I want to bring into this what's happened since the pandemic. You know, there there were moments where, you know, there was a lot of unknowns and there was – the point of, you know, some form of bridge for the American people, but bridge became dependency. People were being paid to stay home, federal, you know, employment benefits extended and and people didn't save. When I look for savings numbers and analysis of savings, they didn't. Eventually this lag is, you know, this lag is going to end and it's going to catch up. That should concern everybody at their kitchen table, shouldn't it?
1: Yeah, it should. Did you see yesterday? I think it was Jen Psaki, the, uh, the the Biden uh, White House spokesperson. Um, she was asked, you know, the Biden has a big problem with the ports. You know, we can't get the, the those 50 ships that are sitting out in the middle of the ocean to dock at the ships so they can unload their uh, merchandise. And there's a lot of reasons for that, but. You know, Biden's now going to have a task force on this. And, and Jen Pazaki was asked about it. And she was asked, do you think, you know, can you guarantee us that, you know, people will have Christmas presents under their tree, you know, that, because we can get the merchandise on the shelves?" And she said something very funny. She said, well, you know, we don't, we can't, we're not as reliable as the Postal Service. And I'm like, that's their standard, the United States Postal Service. So uh, we live in a in a crazy world right now. I do think and my advice to shoppers is if you've got kids and you want uh, toys under the <laughs> under the tree you better get them now while they're still available
0: yeah. Now, by the way, even my mother, Stephen, is saying, "Yeah, you know, what do you want for Christmas? I'm going to shop early. But, you know, are they are they using that? And, you know, we the debate about how many toys for the kids at Christmas. I've heard many people, you know, talk about it. Do you understand the season, the meaning? Blah, blah, blah. I don't want to get into that as much, but do you think people may also adjust their behavior? And what what effect could that have on the retail market? Retail was. Largely, you know, oversaturated in this country, right? Every mini mall, look at Simon Properties, other major holders of properties. And a lot of these went under. Retail is contracting for a variety of reasons. But that oversaturation, like a correction in the market, could we see that in retail? And could that affect uh, and to what extent could that affect the economy?
1: Well, when you say uh, oversaturation, what do you mean?
0: Too many stores holding companies. You have oh, five. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, we've got this new threat to retail, which is called Amazon, right? And and all sorts of new online, uh, you know, uh, delivery services that can get you the products you want. Uh, the big war now going on between Amazon and uh, Walmart, by the way. And so, uh, you know, I'm going to answer your question by saying, I, you know, I marvel at the at the uh, miracle of our free enterprise system that, you know, during normal times you can go online right now, David, and you can order just about anything you want <laughs> from a dining room set to uh, tennis balls to uh, food, whatever, whatever you want uh, a painting and, and it's going to get delivered to your door within 48 hours. I mean, what, what a miracle our free enterprise system is uh, and, and, and for a low price as well. and, to see that system disrupted by political stupidity is, is is maddening you know i mean only only the government could screw this thing up and uh, i got to add one other thing i think this ma- i think what, one of the things going to make this inflation and these supply chain problems worse is this insane vaccine mandate and i'm in favor of vaccines i'm not an anti vaxxer i've been vaccinated but to force people to get vaccinated and force businesses to force their employees to get vaccinated is un-American, and uh, you're going to see a lot. I I was a victim of what happened at Southwest this this weekend, and when that kind of thing happens, uh, you you, you see uh, that uh, a lot of people will not stand for these mandates, and they won't show up for work.
0: Yeah, and that change in workforce, workforce habits, even added a small percentage of remote work that won't go back. You know, the labor force is changing, but something else that troubles me is labor force participation. Uh, you know, a couple of things that people are celebrating and it's not proper or not accurate, I guess I'll use the word, you know, 4.8 percent unemployment. But if people have left and they're not being counted, the low number is not what it is. But then I look at labor force participation, which I think came in at 64.1 or so. I mean, we're seeing we're seeing a danger there, aren't we? If if it's not there, the driver of the economy, one of the drivers or key drivers don't function.
1: Well, you know what we we have eleven million open jobs in the United States today. we've been paying people not to work it's the problem is getting worse, not better. Two hundred thousand Americans almost nearly two hundred thousand dropped out of the labor force in the last jobs report. This is the first time we've had an economic recovery where people are not going back on a job. so we should not be paying people not to work. We should be paying people to work and there's so many problems out there, David, and I, I just want to reiterate—they're all political. They're all—they're all—they're easy to solve if we just get better decisions made in Washington. And hey, I got to jump. My my train is uh, pulling into the station, but oh, privilege—privilege oh, right. tri- privilege to be on your show. You're you're a hero, my David.
0: All right. Thank you, Stephen Moore. And yeah. Steve, good safe travels, my friend, on the train. Uh, hopefully it gets you there on time where the airplane doesn't. Stephen Moore, economist, former Trump economic advisor, co-founder of the Committee to Unleash Prosperity. Uh, by the way, the website, committeetounleashprosperity.org. Uh, some good ideas there for you if you want to learn about the pro-growth approaches to uh, solving the issues in our in our economy. 86695patriot9572874 i'll be right back